0: Hello again, it's Noah Coughlin, founder and CEO of BuildUp. Welcome back to The Big Dig, your top CRE podcast presented by BuildUp in NAOP, Massachusetts, the Commercial Real Estate Development Association. On this episode, we take a look at Somerville's rapid development from Assembly Road to the upcoming Boynton Yards and Union Square redevelopment. Our panel of developers touch on what makes Somerville so unique and such an exciting opportunity.
1: This episode of The Big Dig is brought to you by Nutter, an uncommon experience toward a better outcome. That's uncommon law. Visit Nutter.com to learn more. That's Nutter, N-U-T-T-E-R rcom Last year, the construction, design, development, and engineering sectors claimed over $1 billion in R&D tax credits. Layton, the industry's leading R&D tax credit specialist, can make sure you're not missing out on your benefit. For more information, go to Layton.com. That's L-E-Y-T-O-N dot com. Layton.
2: Hello, Megan Doherty here from BuildUp. Excited to be chatting about development in Somerville. Let's meet our guests.
3: Uh, hi, I'm Rob Dickey, uh, Lego McCall Properties. I've um, uh, been a partner there for nine years. Uh, have a lot of experience in urban mixed-use projects. Uh, this is uh, my first endeavor into Somerville. Uh, although we have, um, and we're in partnership with DLJ, and uh, and with DLJ we are pursuing two other sites within Somerville uh, right now. Um, very encouraged about all the um, infrastructure investment in Somerville today, and uh, and the mayor's initiative, and uh, excited to be here. Good morning.
4: Uh, my name is Greg Karcheski. I'm the president of US Two, We're the master developer for the Union Square neighborhood. Um, we've been working with the city of Somerville over the last five years, um, working on a comprehensive plan for um, redeveloping 15 acres around the new Green Line extension um, in the heart of Union Square. We're excited about you know building on you know what is already a, a, a great uh, you know authentic neighborhood and building um, you know new amenities, new new opportunities for for living and working within that neighborhood.
1: Hi, Patrick McMahon with Federal Realty Investment Trust. Uh, We've been in the city of Somerville now uh, for the past 13 years. Uh, We've got about 62 acres approximately uh, in the uh, the Assembly Square District. Um, We're about halfway through uh, build out of five million square feet of entitlements uh, at Assembly, uh, or rather Assembly Row. Um, Excited to be here today, excited to talk a little bit about why we're here uh, not just through our own planning efforts but through our public private partnership with the city of somerville that really is is on the backs of 20 you know nearly a quarter century of public policy and planning by the city um so excited to be here
5: hi i'm molly heath with jll i'm part of the leasing team and i focus primarily in the Cambridge and Somerville um, and urban office and lab market, working with both users of office and lab space, but also investors in office and lab space. Um, Excited to be here as well and share a little bit of insight into what we are seeing um, from a demand standpoint that makes us so bullish on and excited about development in Somerville.
6: Good morning. My name is Jordan Warshaw. I'm actually the newcomer of the group to Somerville. I've got a hotel project that we've been working on for a little over a year on Somerville Ave, equidistant um, pretty much between Union Square, Porter Square, and Harvard Square. And we're working on a project to sort of help begin knitting those three squares together. Our company is a small eight-year-old company that has done um, urban mixed-use work primarily in the city of Boston. It's our first foray into Somerville. I'm a huge fan of the neighborhood. Um, And, in fact, when my daughter just graduated from college, there was no place else she was going to live. And she moved into the neighborhood less than half a mile from my site. So, big fan of what everybody here is doing in in the neighborhood as well as what the neighborhood is today.
2: So let's start off by talking about what has drawn all of you to the Somerville markets. Um, and Molly, you can also speak on why tenants are coming here. Um, so Patrick, why don't we start with you, since you guys have kind of been the leader here with Assembly Row.
1: Sure. Thank you. Um, I think what, what has drawn us to the city of Somerville is the 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 mayor and the city um, and, and the neighbors, uh, the community, uh, are very progressive in how they approach development. Uh, The idea of value capture as a consequence of development is something that not just the mayor and not just the planning staff at the city of Somerville understand, Uh, it's the entire community understands and embraces that. And by value capture, I mean seeing development as a way to not just increase the tax base, not just to bring new residents and commercial office workers here, but to evolve uh, the city and evolve the neighborhood and address issues that go beyond the four walls of a built structure. Um, It's a place that um, I I think for us uh, we started acquiring um, parcels here in the Assembly Square District uh, all the way back in 2005. At that time uh, the abutters to some of the land that we were acquiring had filed suit against IKEA to block IKEA from developing uh, here and not because they didn't want to see development. Rather what they wanted to see was very dense urban development of a mix of uses whether it be commercial office space hotel residential ground floor retail space they were fighting to block um, the new development of an IKEA because they wanted to see something uh, of greater scale and density and not just for a tax revenue or tax generating purpose but rather to address a number of issues including mobility it was a way to get a T station a way to get the state and um, the federal government to fund a new T station the first one in 30 years in their neighborhood Neighborhood. So, unlocking our site um, was, uh, a, a, as I said earlier, the consequence of nearly 25 years of public policy planning that involved the community, and really uh, getting the community to understand this idea of value capture and development, and it being something beyond just a developer making money. I think as as
4: we started to look at the Union Square opportunity, um, and, and thinking about you know what attracted us to Somerville, it's interesting. We've we've done a lot of large-scale private, pu- public-private partnerships. Um, in different parts of the country and you know kind of routinely we would go to different communities and, and they would they would ask us to create kind of an authentic mixed-use neighborhood and it was interesting as we started to explore the opportunity in Union Square as we started to understand the community and the neighborhood and all the different facets um, that, that were part of Union Square that really the, the authentic neighborhood was already there and so the opportunity to work with the, the city and and the community to think think about how to take that authentic neighborhood and move it to um, you know move it to its next chapter, if you will, in its history was a really exciting opportunity to us. Um, beyond that, I think building on what Patrick said, you know, the, the mayor and the city's sort of progressive approach to development and really thinking about every aspect of the project you know our project includes mobility management you know um affordable housing open space a mix of uses you know environmental remediation you know the community is involved in every aspect of the project and has a you know a stake and an opinion and an interest in that and you know that as as much as it is it can be challenging at times also i think creates a better result because you're you're forced as a as a partner in the community to to really think about you know all sides of of that particular element of your project and so you know that was attractive and then location you know far and away was a a big driver in our interest you know being you know a mile from Kendall Square the employment you know generator in in the region being close to Boston close to the airport and then residing in a neighborhood that you know already has a, a really you know educated talented young workforce were all things that were very attractive. To, to us, in, in deciding to to spend time investing in Union Square,
3: right. I mean, I think all of us are uh, acutely aware in in the Boston market of this um, urbanization and this uh, significant investment that people in our business are making in the urban core, and what is now a significant investment in the inner urban core. So Somerville is in for uh, you know taking what Greg and Patrick have just said. I, I think the Somerville is really unique. In that inner urban core, because you know, it's, a, it's its own uh, community already. It's very authentic. Um, it's very dense uh, residentially. Um, what it, what it uh, lacks, to some extent, or has lacked, is access to public transportation, which is which is getting transformed with the extension of the Green Line and the GLX project. And and it's also lacked really places to build commercially. And what the city has done a great job of is to uh, not only unlock those opportunities in in the few areas of Somerville that are um, industrial. and and have space for new development but to lay over that um this progressive uh mentality over zoning and planning that gets us i i believe projects that are going to be forward thinking not uh backward thinking and and so i think we wrestle today all of us in developing in in somerville particularly um the three of us that are in the union square area and the. And, and Boynton and along Somerville Ave, with all the congestion and all the um, all the traffic issues that are going on in that place now. But I think as we look forward and we look at uh, the infrastructure improvements that are being made in the streets, in uh, in utilities, in uh, in the in the sort of fabric that the infrastructure fabric that's going to make these projects work. And we look at two or three years. It's a very exciting vision, I think, of a place where people can. Uh, uh, you know, live and and uh, live live there, um, and get to a place of work. Um, with close proximity and be part of a, of a, a very authentic and I, I would say very independent culture uh, Somerville is a unique environment in terms of its diversity its politics its food its uh, entertainment and and that piece of it um, I, I think the city is continuing to embrace and 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 we all are too
6: I think the last piece of what Rob just said absolutely nails Somerville it is a unique community in greater Boston and probably any Anywhere, because it's such a interesting, diverse mix in almost every type of diversity, Um, just starting with age. Somerville has one of the largest and most vibrant millennial populations in greater Boston. At the same time, on the same blocks that are filled with millennials, you'll see old-timers who have lived there since they were millennials, before that term even existed, and raised their families there, and they've got kids running around, and some of them are grandparents now, and they've never left their three-decker in Somerville, because it's such a vibrant, interesting community. And the thing that is really exciting and unique about what Somerville is doing is Mayor curtitone has been there for 15 years now. The city council is progressive, they're active, they know their constituents. When we were working on our particular project and working on addressing in advance what the neighborhood issues would be, the local city councilor took us into the living rooms of a half dozen people in the community who are the most active people in the community, knew every one of them by name, big hugs walking through the door. And we were able not to work in one of these situations where it's the developer versus the community. It's the developer with the community so that there were changes made to our project that I'd like to say that I was smart enough to have come up with, but they came from people who lived in the area, people who worked in the area and from the city councilor. So it's the kind of neighborhood that is really a neighborhood. It's not a concocted neighborhood, as you you hear about with some development around the city. And what I'd really commend the other people on this panel for doing, I've I've got a single hotel that I'm building there. They each have large multi-building developments, but they're all sticking true to the spirit of Somerville, which is not putting a giant block of something, but they're mixing up retail uses and residential uses and office uses and lab uses and all the types of things that make a community vibrant and will help keep Somerville what it is and not transform it into something that its long-term residents won't recognize and won't enjoy remaining in
5: I, I would just add that you know looking at it through the lens of companies um, tenants both office and lab users um, you know Somerville has always been on their radar it's always been of interest as everybody referenced the challenge has been that there just hasn't been much space for them to be in Somerville and I I would add to all the things that the panelists have said um, as reasons these companies want to be here, but also I would add that the diversity and uniqueness and authenticity of the workforce in Somerville also helps these companies foster and promote the type of brand and culture they're looking to implement in their companies. And critically important to them obviously is the T-access, but also the access that Somerville gives them to East Cambridge and the growing life sciences and tech cluster that we're seeing in this urban core in Boston between downtown the seaport and, um, East Cambridge as well. So Jordan, you bring up a good point about the, you know, the uniqueness of these projects and,
2: you know, living up to what the existing neighborhood. So could you all kind of speak about how that the culture of Somerville has affected your planning or design of the buildings or how you're selecting, you know, retail tenants or, um, the mix of uses within your projects
6: well i I guess i'll respond to that in 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 terms of again doing a one-off building um in a location where there's really been no material new development in many years we're located on somerville ave um in an area that if you go a half mile in any direction you've got these vibrant squares but in this section of somerville ave we've got a car wash we've got a public park that's been closed due to contamination for a period of time. We've got a uh, single-story supermarket. Not the most vibrant pedestrian kind of area, but in either direction from Somerville Ave is the kind of neighborhood that we've all talked about previously, the dense, energetic neighborhoods filled with restaurants and community activities. Um, so what we tried to do was to create something that would feel very Somerville and not feel like it was plunked in from some other neighborhood. So we brought in a, a higher-end architect, then typically does these so-called upscale hotels and created a very unusual, funky, almost sculptural kind of building with a large, vibrant outdoor area to bring in the community and really make it a, a building not just for the people that are staying there, but make it a gathering place for the community as well. So very important not to feel like this is something dropped into the middle of a community of locals for outsiders, but to feel like something that, that will be a, a signature spot for the people that live there as well.
3: I, I think in our case we are uh, there's a couple of things I'll mention one is as part of the plan we are we're gonna uh, have a about an acre civic space in the middle of Boynton that um, that we're hopefully going to be involved in the programming of and helping the city with making that an active use public space and, and in thinking about that it's a it's a space that that um, We hope can pull people into Boynton Yards, um, make them aware of the area, but also uh, provide civic engagement that can be a a seven-day-a-week kind of activity. So families on the weekend could be skating, you know, playing. Playing micro soccer, doing things like that. Somerville is is um, very um, short on public open space and green space, and uh, and so we feel like that's an important contribution to uh, to the city, and and I think that's a big part of the city's plan on a lot of these larger projects. On a shorter term basis, we have a couple of buildings on the site um, now, and one of them we're going to preserve. It's a it's a it's a small industrial building, and we're going to try to program it um, both. As a, in, on an interim basis, a marketing center, but also as kind of a community and event space. So the idea would be, as an example, Somerville has all these wonderful. Uh, you know events that happen uh, porch fest being one of them so one of our concepts is how do we how do we pull porch fest into Boynton Yards uh, when it occurs and make uh, again it's helpful to us in terms of getting people to understand who we are and what we're doing there but it's also the idea that um, we're not doing something that's independent of Somerville we're doing something that's building on what what the richness that Somerville already has with these kinds of activities
4: kind of building on what Rob said and you Know, a, a across the tracks if you will in Union Square um, we've been working in partnership with the community in the city over you know a five-year period to really plan the project and so mm-hmm. the very um, the very mix of uses that's in the project is driven by community values and interests the community put a comprehensive plan together ten years ago that prioritized commercial development as a way to um, to bring workers close closer to where they live so right now 80% of the population in Somerville leaves Somerville every day to go to work so that the, the the city's idea was, you know, how do we create a live and work environment? In, a, in addition to that, um, the the community was interested in expanding the commercial tax base. Um, there's a tremendous burden on residential taxpayers here, so how can we expand the commercial tax base? So, how did that translate itself into our, our programming? We we modeled the project as, as a sixty percent commercial versus forty percent residential project. And I think if you if you talked to us five years ago, and we looked across the market, it would have been a largely residential project. And I think if the community and the mayor and uh, let market forces take hold, it would have been a residential project. And so by partnering with the master developer and working closely with the community, we are able to prioritize something that the market wouldn't have otherwise prioritized. We've benefited certainly by what's happening in the market more broadly, and there is a, a larger appetite for commercial development now than there was when we started. But that's a, a very real way that um, our project truly represents the interests of the community. Um, in addition to that, I mean, I, kind of building on what, what what Rob said around creating spaces that connect to the neighborhood as they exist today. We're, we have five percent of the overall development, almost seventy thousand feet, is going to be arts and creative economy spaces that you know appeal to a wide range of, of users. And we also have over three acres of of open space. And so you know whether it's Porch Fest or Fluff Festival, which is coming up, uh, I believe it's September twenty first. Um, Marshmallow Fluff was invented in in Somerville. Um, there's a big celebration in Union Square for those activities for that expression of of the spirit of Union Square to happen, we're, we're
1: excited about contributing public spaces and open spaces where that can occur. Excuse me. Uh, and, and going back to my earlier comments about the, the idea of value capture, um, by value, uh, I, I think, you know, everybody here today has actually are, is kind of given the real world example of the community values um, that the neighborhood and the community here of Somerville have wanted to see in not only their development, but certainly what we've done here at Assembly it is the idea of open space and the idea of not just open space, but how do we connect to the water? We are a waterfront community. How do we cre- connect to the water? How do we create open space? How do we create open space for, um, for for the community at large, not just for the millennials that might live here, the millennials who might work here, but for the folks and the families that live here? Um, so real, real example of that, we've got a six-acre riverfront park um, that we undertook the design there in conjunction with the neighborhood. We added a playground very intentionally uh, in order to attract and invite f- uh, families to come down to assembly for no reason related to living or shopping or working here. Um, so it's, it's, it's having that value conversation up front with the community and then looking to pull that through uh, th- each one of these developments, whether they be singular buildings or multiple blocks. Um, In big ways and small ways, you know, and and one of the small ways that that um, uh, we've looked to really tie tie ourselves to Somerville is to invite the local artists to um, to to effectively use assembly as their canvas. You know, for example, there are 55 languages spoken in the city of Somerville. Um, If you walk out of here today, you'll see you are here plaques. In fifty-five different languages, embedded in the concrete. Now we're only twenty-five. We're only twenty-five. I of, saw
2: that when we were walking over here. I oh, did you? Yeah, I did. okay. I was wondering what that was.
1: Yeah, the the German one is right out here. I, I love talking about the German one because we had a group from Audi uh, here. The city of Somerville took undertook this urban initiative uh, relative to uh, autom- autonomous driving. This big group from Audi came out here um, a couple of years ago. There's about twenty or thirty of them, and they were all laying down next to the "You Are Here" German plaque. <laughs> it was it was pretty comical, but that you. Th- that I just I use that and we're only 25 of the, we're only halfway through our neighborhood development so we've only got 25 of the 55 plaques but we've already got them um, and that's one and we, we we worked with a local artist and it's one small small way of really tying ourselves to the authentic character that's here uh, because I think everybody's already hit on it and, and maybe in in a one sentence description Somerville is, is, is and Somerville is not only authentic it's cool and how do you describe cool y- you don't you know it when you see it um, and it's an authentic, cool place. And if any of us don't tie ourselves to the values of this community, um, then we'll end up creating something that's that's sterile, that's inauthentic, that's not cool, and we won't be able to lease it or rent it or fill it or whatever for whatever use we may we may intend it to be.
2: So <laughs> I think you've all touched on it, but why don't we just talk a little bit more about the importance of transit? Um, I know the Orange Line was the first new station in 30 years I believe you guys said um, and now we have the green line coming in so why don't we talk about the importance of that Molly do you want to talk about the importance of that for
5: um, on the tenant side of things yeah I mean I, I will definitely say that on the tenant side for for commercial users um, connectivity to the T is the number one decision driver um, and it used to be that everybody had to be on the red line which obviously serves Somerville which we call the brain train um, and we've seen that open up um, um, you know, to the green line and the orange line being equally as important as the red line. Um, on top of which, I think, and we've talked about this, and I know this is about transit, but I was actually thinking as everybody was talking, you know, I think people are living very differently, um, certainly millennials, but now even maybe a little older millennials like myself, which is that they're placing such extraordinary value on being close to where they work, so that they're not missing out any on any of their work life, but also their home life in the commute process. So, you know, that easy T ride is critically important. Important, not only for the millennials, but also the more experienced and seasoned executives. And I think a walk to work or a short bike ride is also critically Im- important. And like we've all talked about, you've got that built-in talent pool already living right in Somerville that you can capture that would love to walk to work.
6: I don't think you'll see more bikes on the street anywhere
4: in greater Boston than Somerville and central Cambridge. I think that you know the T in Union Square is a, an absolute game changer. we you know i mentioned earlier when we first looked at the opportunity it looked more like a residential opportunity and that was because two there were two significant things really missing from the neighborhood Um, a significant upgrade in infrastructure which the city is you know um, investing in now and then access to transit and so with the advent of the green line you know the mayor earlier today said you know prior to the green line something like 20 or 25 percent of the population of somerville has access to public transit now it's going to be 85 percent. so if you think about how that's going to evolve the way people are living and experiencing Somerville. It's going to be significant and uh, certainly it's a significant addition to Union Square and will be a catalyst for commercial development in Union Square.
3: I just had one thing that hasn't been talked about that relates to commercial and um, so we talked about uh, the importance to the city of tax base for commercial um, but I think there's also sort of a fun competitive thing going on here which is Somerville feeling um to some extent uh like Kendall gets all the action and all the attention and that proximity is so amazing when you think about you know um I mean we're in we're in Somerville and yet um with point yards and likewise with union square is, um, we're, we're in that area and yet we're almost equidistant uh, as Cambridge crossing is from the Kendall square T-stop. So all of those developments are benefiting from the green line extension, but I think people lose sight of that proximity and, and the mayor and Tom Gallagano and others in the city really look at this, you know, um, City councilors really look at this as an opportunity to kind of right size the tax base on the residential side, be able to invest in schools, invest in community, you know, maintain that fabric, but um, compete, you know, uh, beyond the really great commercial that's already going on here. One of the things I'd be interested from your perspective, Patrick, is we were involved in the delivery of the uh, Partners Project here. But we're not, I'm not very connected to it now in terms of, um, you know, from an employee standpoint, what it's been like for that. I mean, it's a massive building and it's a consolidation of all these different, um, you know, essentially. Back office functions for the for the system, and they were in multiple locations, and they've all ended up here. So I think they're, you know, they're an interesting uh, case of you know, has this been a really great move for them? Sure. Uh,
1: thanks. Uh, not just for the question, but for your your efforts. You guys were more than just involved. Um, I think you you really helped to guide that. We, being federal, um, really partnered with partners um, in the design of the ground and second floor uh, of that building and in fact um, we bought a condomin- we bought the as you know the first and second floor back from partners in a condominium in order to execute uh, retail um, that that's what you you'd say on paper but really it was to execute a uh it was to execute a use at grade that would draw the 4,500 employees out of the building and into the neighborhood. Um, And so at the Partners Building, we've been very deliberate with the merchandising Uh, to to address kind of the daily needs of the partner's employees. So uh, we've got a barbershop and the barbershop, that guy actually first first, uh, barber in Charlestown, first barbershop that he's done outside of Charlestown in 25 years, uh, very intentionally went and got a local barber, uh, put a, convenience store next to him put a taqueria next to him put a greek restaurant over there that, the greek guy came out of the city of boston we've got mike's pastries came out of the city of boston it's a city it, it's actually a, a a um a somerville uh born and raised somerville resident um who owns mike pastries and now he actually owns one of the condos in in our condominium building so i I'm, i don't mean to go too long in the retail but the, the point being uh Partners embrace the idea of we get it. You want to bring our employees down. We want our employees to go down. We want them to use the neighborhood as a resource and to meet their daily needs, whether it's a cup of coffee or a burrito for lunch or, you know, an after work beer um, or any of the daily needs, you know, like a, a, the barber and the convenience store. So it's been a it's, it was a great partnership, no pun intended, with partners to to not just, hey, let's bring forty five hundred employees here and a trophy. Uh, headquarter building but let's do something that is connected at the street level uh ultimately to the to the intent of not only what you federal want to do here but what the city wants to see here
2: okay so um to wrap things up here why don't you guys kind of just give me the overview of the future of your projects when you expect to be you know starting construction or finishing construction and different phasing um aspects of the project so jordan why don't we start with you sure
6: so um our hope is to get the project into the ground by the end of this year we're still dealing with a couple of neighborhood issues that could impact our timing um but once we get into the ground um we're a little over a year and a half to get completed and so our goal is to be open by mid 2021 um to be open right around the time the green line
3: opens so at point yards we uh and Leggett mccall uh broke ground four months ago on our first uh phase building uh uh 289,000 square foot lab building and that project will deliver in the early summer 2021. Um, hopefully co- coincident with the Green Line extension, although I'm hearing that's uh, Closer to the fall at this point, um, and we will uh, be bringing in uh, tenants for initial occupancy in the fall. So um, that's our that's our plan.
4: In in Union Square, similar to, to Rob, we're organized around the arrival of the Green Line in 2021. Um, the overall development program is 2.4 million square feet and a mix of uses. But our first phase, which will be really a catalyst for creating Union Square into you know a commercial employment center, is has 175,000 square foot lab building right in. In the heart of the square, and then a 450-unit um, apartment building with ground-floor retail and arts and creative uses. And so, we'll we'll start construction on that late this year, or early next year, with initial deliveries in you know 2021 and 2022.
1: At Assembly, uh, we're under construction right now with a 300,000 square foot office building that'll deliver in the first quarter of 2021. We're also under construction with a 24-story, 500-unit residential building, apartments. That, too, will deliver in the first quarter of 2021. Um, After those projects are completed, we'll have approximately 1.5 million square feet of office and 329 residential units in our entitled envelope. We intend to start designing the next office building, actually, this month, which will be approximately 200,000 square feet.
5: I'll just say from a leasing perspective, we love hearing 2021 because we have so much pent-up demand in Boston and Cambridge we're tracking over eight and a half million square feet of demand and as these guys know very well the majority of those companies particularly within the tech and life science um, sectors need to be in and occupying their space ASAP yesterday but as soon as possible so 2021 is certainly music to our ears Excellent, well thank you guys all so much for joining us here on The Big Dig
0: Thank you for listening to The Big Dig Be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Spotify and iTunes. If you are interested in joining or sponsoring a future podcast please contact megan m e g h a n at buildup that's b l d u p boy larry david umbrella purple.com are you in the know in the know is buildup's data analytics and market intelligence platform within the know you can follow the entire market pipeline of construction and real estate development identify new opportunities before the rfp the future of your business lies in buildup's data today are you in the know